I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And now, coming to you live from atop the Goldenrod City Radio Tower, it's the one. The only Puckle TCG Cast. Hello, 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 and welcome to the 86th episode of the Puckle TCG Cast with your host, Basket. Today we are riding the hype train and we are going to talk about collecting. We aren't going to talk about the recent McPokegate thing going on with the TCG promo cards right now, though, because Jashiro on the main show beat me to it. But we will be going over how to distinguish rarity and talk about some fun super rare cards. So, without further ado, slowly crawling out from deep inside his blanket cave and shaking off the cobwebs, it's Jashiro. How you been doing, buddy? I am putting my cobwebs back in and crawling back into that cave because it's cold outside. Uh, <laughs> like I said on the main show, it seems like there's an Articuno somewhere around here in the Pacific Northwest. And it's snowing way too much for comfort. So those cobwebs seems very comfortable and warm right now. Yeah, it's getting pretty ridiculous. Someone catch this legendary snow legendary that is running around the Pacific Northwest because it's ridiculous. <laughs> How you been doing, buddy? I've been doing pretty good. I've been huddled. Uh, <clears throat> my wife bought me a, uh, a poncho for oh. Valentine's Day. That's so I've been snuggling up with that in the snow. Couldn't have come at a better time. That's super adorable. My uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's Valentine's gift to me is the best thing ever. We're going to do some Lego constructing today. It's going to be fun. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So let's move on to the topic. All right. I want you to close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Feel the sun on your skin, the sand between your toes, and let the cool summer breeze ruffle those luscious locks. As we visit Topical Beach. Grab your ice-cold Corsola Cola and pull up a chair. It's time for Tropical Beach. Alright, so now that we're back, we're going to be talking about rarity. Easy ways to distinguish, well the easy and the not so easy ways to distinguish the rarity for your collectible cards. Jashiro. Let's have you start off with the very beginning. Absolutely. Now, in any if any one of you have been playing TCGs other than the Pokemon, you know this is more uh, more or less a standard across many TCG cards. Most cards you have the regular circle 
diamond and star versions of the card, which is the common, uncommon, and rare designations of each one. You see them all the time. We've had them since the beginning of the TCG, and it's pretty much uh, how it rolls always. Now, next to the black star uh, rares, there's also the hollow ones, which as a child, we all know we were dying for those holographic ones. And we were oh, yeah. constantly That's all you want. looking for them, no matter how powerful they are. They could be sucked, but if they were holographic, oof, they were very important to us. Oh, yeah. Our little treasure troves. Treasure troves of holo rares. And those are indicated, obviously, by the illustration itself being in a holographic manner. Now, there was a change in the beginning, uh, and it began with Charizard, because why not? Always. Uh, and we'll be talking about that later, but that are the hollows that turn out to be the reverse hollows, which are the ones that, instead of the illustration themselves being holographic, the art, it is actually the art is not holographic, and the card itself, the borders, the attacks, and everything is holographic. That is a step above the normal holographic cards, and those come only one per pack, so it's a give or take. And then, of course, there's the EX and GX, which all uh, new players will be familiar with. Um, these distinctions are displayed directly after the name of the Pokemon. For example, Quagsire GX, which is possibly a real card. I'm not going to look it up because <laughs> I refuse to live in a world without a Quagsire GX. Yeah, I actually do not recall if we have a Quagsire GX. I hey, honestly don't. Hey, no. It's I was going to say. It's there. Uh, no, I'm going to end that one. No. Moving on. <laughs> but remember, I uh, also wanted to make note that there were uh, there are a couple of different EXs to be uh, Northworthy. There's the um, lowercase EXs, and then there's the uh, uh, capitalized EXs. The lowercase EXs was the first EXs that came out, and that was like woof long ago. These EXs worked more like the uh, oh my god, what what were they named? The ones that you would put on top of the of the Pokemon. Uh, to power them up, but they weren't exactly in evolution. Oh, see, I didn't play. I didn't play at that at that time. Frame, at that time, so I'm yeah, no, this is this is back oof, all the way back. So they played differently than the EX that we know uh, know and love nowadays, which are the ones that you play directly into uh, in game. Like if they were basic Pokemon, even if they're a Charizard, for example. But before that, they used to be smaller case uh, EXs where you had to e evolve your Pokemon into those lowercase EXs to make them powered up. I remember I had a Banette EX card that was really awesome. So those were always a lot of fun. Tell us about the full art. All right. There are the full arts. I've, uh, how can I forget about the magical, uh, the magic that is the full arts? Full arts are, well, they're pretty self-explanatory. So but for clarity's sake, it's the whole card is the artwork, right? They're not closed by a border. The whole card, they're able to uh, to do the whole art. They're always holographic. And the texts are placed on top of the art. Um, not on top as in the, you know, overlaying the art. And these cards are obviously amazing. They've only gotten better with time. And in my personal opinion, I wish that we would get rid of the reverse holographic and the, uh, and the holographics and just make them all full arts. But of course, that's not uh, how rarity and creating fictional scarcity work. So we're going to have to f keep fighting and diggings for those full arts. Well, I would have to agree with that because the full arts are my favorite. I don't suit, I don't mind like the, the holographics, mm -hmm. but definitely I love the full color full arts. They're so beautiful. You know what, which ones are my favorite? The trainer full arts. I love those can the full be art really trainers. cool. 
I wish that all trainers were full art. They give me all those supporters. Full arts are always amazing. They put the whole character. They look so great. And then when you have basic items, uh, which we've seen them in the the hidden rares that they call them, which is another thing we're going to talk about soon. Those uh, hidden rare items were all gold, but it's just full art for a basic item like potions. Is if I could have four potions in my deck with just full arts, I would do it because they just always look so good. I wish I wish they would just change and make them all full arts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next, we'll talk about secret rares. These ones can be pretty easy to mi- uh, miss if you don't know how to identify them. Um, so located on the bottom right corner of the card is what's called the collection number. And the collection number, let's say it's 2 out of 62, that means this card is number 2 out of the 62 cards in the set. Secret rare cards, however, are numbered higher than the number of cards in the set. So in this example, we could use card number 63 out of 62. Those uh, secret rares are incredibly sought after. Mm-hmm. Rainbow rares, those conversely are incredibly easy to distinguish as they are completely silver with rainbow holographics that bounce off the light. And let me These tell are essentially... You, I'm sorry? No, no, I, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but let me tell you, not a fan of these rainbow rares as they look, I mean. I am not either. I know plenty of people who just love them, but for me... Without all the color, it's mm-hmm. like a waste of a full art card, in my opinion. Right? I fully agree. Even though rainbow rares are more expensive and you can get a pretty penny out of them, it is, they do not look as good as normal full arts because, yeah, just, I mean, I don't have anything else to say other than what you said. The colors are just off. It just, the, the card looks, uh, becomes a little bit difficult to see because of all the, the mess that is the rainbow rare. And it just doesn't look as nice. So, uh, but they are more rare and they are more valuable than the regular full arts. So, don't sleep on them either. Correct. Promo cards can be either incredibly rare or basically useful fire uh, fire starters. Promo card stands pro, uh, stands for promotional, uh, which is pretty basic, and can range from tournament cards given to the winners to everyone that walks through the door or in those fun little packs that come with a promo card and a collectible coin, or in literally dozens of other ways. You can find promos, uh, as we know, in fast food restaurants, uh, like the little (laughs) chaos we had last week. We can find them going to a movie theater as well. Uh, Even pre-releases, they all have different promotions. If there's something they want to promote, you better know that there's going to be a card for it. Now, uh, it is important to state that not all promo cards are rare and not all promo cards are valuable. In fact, most of them are not going to be because they're mostly, even though they're promotional cards, they are vastly distributed. You know, the the Pokemon company prints a lot of them so they can get them around. But there are a few promo cards that are incredibly rare and the most expensive ones in the game as well so promos has a very high range of price not just because your promo is um not because your card is a promo is going to be valuable but it could be that if it's a promo it could be one of those promos that are thousands and thousands of dollars uh expensive yeah and uh i want to i want to mention uh tag teams and v maxes uh because while we don't know how long these so well first off let's talk a little bit about, about rarity So rarity itself is obviously like how many are out there. That's one way to identify that. And then also supply versus demand. If somebody, you know, like loves 
like, let's take a really easy example, you know, like what you were talking about earlier, Jashiro, with the trainer full arts. People mm-hmm. love N. He's mm-hmm. like one of the most famous sought after full art cards in all of his full arts. Personally, I was looking back when I was, you know, wanted to uh, have a, a, a physical expensive deck. I was desperately looking for ends, but they were just too rare and too expensive for me. Yeah. And that's more of a, I mean, there's the combination obviously of supply because they are full arts, which are rarer typically, but the fact that people are way more likely to hold on to those because they have such like a bigger significance yep. also adds to the su- uh, supply demand issue, which can rocket the prices up as well. Same with Skyla, and I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I- I'm mentioning Tag Team and v- VMAX because we don't know how long these identifiers will last. But it is another way to distinguish cards, and it may or may not be a flash in the metal frying pan of the TCG, which would then potentially make them more rare than standard rarity indicators. For instance, VMAX, if it wasn't to come back in the next generation of Pokemon games, VMAXs may never come out again, which would mean that VMAXs were only sold between a specific period of time, blah, 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 blah. So that would increase their rarity potentially. Same thing with tag teams. Mm-hmm. Although those these these um ones are usually more tied to the gameplay mm-hmm. than they are tied to how rare they are. There are some tag teams and some V Max that are they you can have a th- you know a few of them in a few packs because they're more common even though they're designated as rare. But if these t- tag teams and V Max are actually in the gameplay being good cards, that increases their value exponentially as long as they're still valid in-game. That being either standard or the expanded. It also creates a rarity if those cards are, you know, because, I mean, as as much as we like to be careful with our cards, we are definitely manhandling the cards that we are playing. Absolutely. So it could be very, very fortunate if you are not a TCG player and have one of those that's going to be in like great condition um, for later on, because that would up the value as well. But then again, we don't know right now. They're too, they're too new and we don't know if these things are going to continue in the TCG for a while or how many or if people even like them. So just wanted to say that out there or put that out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, next we're going to talk about three pretty generic things. How about you start us off with first editions? Absolutely. If you're a collector of any type, honestly, not just TCG, you know what the word first edition means. For those of you who are new to collecting, first of all, welcome. Second of all, I am sorry, your wallet is going to hate you. First oh, editions, yeah. <laughs> anything collecting, not just... And, and TCG specifically right now, Pokemon is a problem. It didn't used to be. It used to be the most uh, inexpensive of the TCG, but that changed uh, in a couple in the last couple of years. But that's beside the point. We'll get to that later. But first edition is usually they are these cards that are in the first run of the set when the set is released. Uh, this is usually a promotional set. They used to do this all the time, but now it's become more like a promotional set. You can't get really first editions uh, unless you're participating maybe in the in the release of the set or something like that. So they're a little bit difficult to get to if you're not 
actively paying attention to whatever you are collecting. If you're not part of their community, you might not be able to get your hands on a first release. Uh, to further clarify, uh, TPCI creates the first batch of Pokemon cards for a new set, but after all of those have been bought up, they will release more of the same cards in the same set, and those will be the second edition. They will normally notify that in the cards somewhere to let you know which edition are uh, of those uh, that you are purchasing. Basically, it breaks down uh, to these cards where they're very first ones on the market and then thus making them rarer. Not only that, since it's the first batch, it also it could leave open for mistakes. And those mistakes, depending on the mistake, could actually increase the value of those cards exponentially by having something misspelled or something missing or maybe even something that Basket will talk about right now being shadowless. So shadowless cards, they're pretty infamous. Almost anybody who knows anything about the TCG has heard the terms shadowless Charizard a million times. Basically, shadowless cards have been created by a printing mistake, making them very rare. Most Pokemon card art is enclosed, or at least in the very uh, beginning and still to this day, most Pokemon card art is enclosed in a window that separates the text from the artwork. In early sets, these cards had a shadow on the right side that went down from the top right and across the bottom as well uh, of the window. Uh, it was to give it kind of like a 3D look. Yeah. Shadowless cards do not have this shadow. So basically that little 3D shadow look on the on the right side is not going to be there. And that's how you tell the difference. Yeah. And uh, some examples of this uh, is the shadow Ven- Shadowless Venusaur and Shadowless Charizard which uh, we're going to probably talk about later on, which are incredibly uh, expensive cards nowadays. And then how about you go on for the uh, booster box? Yes, the booster box with the black triangle. Now, the first-gen booster boxes can sell for thousands of dollars if the box is sealed because there may be a variety of different rare cards inside, but in the box has a black triangle error on the cover. It's not worth even more. See, the black triangles were put on the box because they printed too many first edition boxes. And to not waste money, they just slapped the black triangle over the first edition stamp. One of these boxes was sold for $8,700. So that's a pretty penny for something that is just first edition with a something slapped in uh, on top of it. So yeah, watch out for these black triangles. Yeah, it's pretty funny how just like a silly little like, oh, well, we don't want to waste any money, so we'll just throw this on top of it can like (laughs) make it worth so much more. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But that's economy for you. We've actually in in this year alone, we just learned how the economy and everything works in reality. And it's all just crazy. It's just no rules. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now we're going to talk about some of the more famously rare cards, and we'll start, uh, as mentioned before, our first shiny and a very cool secret rare, Shining Charizard. Because of course it is. During, Of course it is a Charizard. So this was during the second generation of Pokemon games when we were introduced to Shining Charizard. Probably uh before most of the first edition pokemon fans even knew what a shiny pokemon was definitely me i had <laughs> no idea until oh man uh until i was in kalos 
and I saw, I don't even remember what the first po- shiny Pokemon was because I just, I got rid of it. I thought it was a glitch. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. And then the next one that I got was a shiny Driftblim in mm. Sun and Moon. <laughs> so I kept that one. <laughs> yeah. I still remember my first shiny, um, and many who've listened to this podcast a lot, uh, for a while now. It was a Spinarak was my first shiny, and I got it in, I believe it was Soul, uh, Silver was when I, uh, captured my first shiny ever. But I will always tell the tale of the shiny Abra that showed up, uh, in Kalos. Uh, and <laughs> I had to watch it teleport away because, uh, I couldn't do anything. I only had a great ball through the great ball. Missed shiny abra disappeared. It's great. That's so it's upsetting. Fun. It still pains my heart. I guess. I guess it's technically untrue because, but I wouldn't really count this. You know, the red, uh, the red Gyarados. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I, that was probably like everyone's first shiny. Yeah, ninety nine percent of the population's first <laughs> shiny. But uh, yeah, I don't really count that one because it's a. No one it's does. A, yeah, it's a freebie. A force encounter. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so, and this Shining Charizard, um, it's a reverse hollow, but the interesting thing about this is that the Charizard itself is holographic. In great condition, this card can be sold for about $5,000, but due to, yeah, I mean, that's crazy enough, but due to, you know, the sliding different values that make uh, a card or anything rare, um, it's been sold for as much as uh, $8,900. Almost ten thousand dollars for a card. Yeah. Wow. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, that that is definitely a high price for a card. But in this year, we are going to see the release of Pokemon Snap Two, uh, the brand new Pokemon Snap that's going to be re- released this year. We're all very excited. But for those of you with the nostalgic memory, when Pokemon Snap first came in Nintendo sixty four were released, we had Pokemon Snap cards. When the game was released on the Nintendo 64, a competition slash promotion was held where gamers could take snapshots and enter them for a chance to get them printed on the trading cards. There were 10 winners and some of these snaps are pretty cute and very rare. We don't have uh, an amount of how much one of these cards have sold, but they are very rare, very limited, and they are very sought after. So it was pretty hard to find, uh, like an actual dollar amount because it varied very, very widely. Mm-hmm. But I believe an entire set of them was sold for something like $11,000. And I believe it's a total of 10 cards. Amazing. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Wow. And by the way, for those of you who do not remember, when Pokemon Snap came out, you could actually take photos and go to a Blockbuster or Toys R Us or something like that. Both type of shops (laughs) that no longer exist. Uh, And you can print them. You can print the photos uh, out of a special booth that they had, a Pokemon Snap booth, where you can go and just print what you could. I couldn't remember how you did it. I don't know if you had to take your cartridge or something, or it was like a memory card or something. But you could go and you can definitely print them. So that was a fun time. All right. And next card is the 2010 Japan World Championship Master Key Trophy card. So the TCG has been exploding over the past, I don't know, few years. Yeah. Um, And uh, back in the 2010 championship, it took place in the Hilton in... uh, Oh my gosh, I'm going to screw this up. I'm sorry, anybody (laughs) from Hawaii... 
Waikoloa Village, yeah. Hawaii, and it was uh, made up of just 36 contestants, and they were the only ones to receive the foil card, which makes this one of the rarest cards out there. They don't normally go up for sale or auction, but when they do, they can go for as much as $10,000 or more. Oof. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Well, another one, uh, since we're talking about $10,000 amount of cards, let me tell you about the Kangaskhan Parent-Child Tournament promo. Now, this is both extremely rare and a little bit adorable. It's super adorable. <laughs> <laughs> In May of 1998, there was a special parent-child mega battle tournament. and That alone is an amazing name for this event. And at that <laughs> event, there was a special promotional card handed only uh, to the elite players. Because these cards were only giving out at that event, many collectors view it as the holy grail of the TCG cards. And they will pay utmost $10,000 or more for just one of them. That is how rare this card is. But yet, not the rarest card. <laughs> so there's the 20th anniversary 24 karat Ginza Takana Japanese Pikachu card. These cards were sold for 20 days, meaning that there are not many of them out there. Each card is made from 11 grams of 24 karat gold Ouch! and is meant for a decoration. Obviously not for playing. Can <laughs> you imagine someone playing someone and then they suddenly throw out this card? <laughs> like, what are you doing? I, dude, it and it would be something like you're playing, you know, you're playing the match with them and <laughs> it's just been a totally normal match. They're shuffling their cards and everything and, and then all of a sudden they just pull it out and you're like, oh my gosh, it's been 20 minutes, man. And you've been shuffling that deck <laughs> so much. And that, that is gold, man. Gold. You are literally playing with gold. <laughs> Now, the gold itself that this Pikachu card is made up of is worth only around $600, which, you know, is nothing to sneeze at. Right. Uh, but the card has been sold for over double that, $12,000, uh, because of its rarity. <laughs> uh, 20 times that, I would say. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's incredibly valuable. We've had more. We have more. Oh, though. you're, <laughs> I thought. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally right. You're totally right. When I, when I said 600 and then I thought it was like 1,200, but it was, it's 12,000. 12,000. So, Paid 20% more. If that card would be made now out of silver instead of gold, and silver right now, the rocket, this, uh, price for silver has skyrocket now, it would be even more, but it's still gold. Now, after that one, we also have the Black Star Promo Holo Ishihara GX card <laughs> at his 60th birthday party uh so uh and uh, again uh same as same disclaimer as basket a while ago sorry if i'm butchering these names sunakasu ishihara gave out uh around 30 of these cards and they rarely go on the market making it one of the rarest cards out there those that have been sold uh have gone for a close of thirteen thousand dollars now, remember, these are only 30 of them, around 30 of them left in the whole world. So each one is incredibly valuable. So this next one is probably my favorite one <laughs> of these super rare cards. It's a Magikarp. It's the Magikarp Tamamushi University promo card. This Magikarp is not anywhere near to a strong card. No. But that doesn't matter when you're just trying to get money out of it. There's only been between 30 and 100 of these cards that have ever been in circulation, making it, again, another one of the rarest. 
And these were originally given out in 1998 at a Japanese Pokemon conference. And today they are worth up to $27,000 each. The reason why I love this card is not only because it's a Magikarp, but for some reason it's like shooting a lightning bolt out of its mouth. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that's supposed to be, (laughs) but it's awesome. Oh, Magikarp will always be the rarest of them all. In in my heart, at the very least. (laughs) All right, Jushi, take us home with the last one. The last one is possibly the rarest card ever in the TCG right now, and it's the most sought-after cards in existence. Pikachu Illustrator cards. Now, Pikachu Illustrator card is by far the rarest card in circulation, making it the holy grail of the Pokemon trading card game. This card was only ever giving out to the winners of the 1998 Koro Comic Illustration Context. So there is only a handful, a handful of these cards available in the entire world. These cards are worth a minimum of 50,000 rockets and have been <laughs> sold for over 2,000 to, uh, sorry, 200, I forgot the 100 in between, <laughs> 200,000 rockets, Millennium Falcons, Star Destroyer, whatever you want to call them. This is by far the most expensive card so far that you can find for the TCG card, the Pikachu Illustrator card. So, uh, so crazy. So absurd. I can't even, I mean, of course it's a Pikachu card. No, of course. Well, it, it would have been much more uh, crazy, I guess, if it were Tyson. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but, I mean, Pikachu Illustrator. I mean, it's a pretty cute little, little image. It really is. By the way, guys, you can definitely go online and check all these cards. I know that it's a, a podcast, so you can't really see the cards that we're talking about, but we will try to see if we can put the, the uh, a link to these cards on the description bar so you guys can at least get a a visual of what these cards look like. And with that being the last one, let's move on to my favorite segment, the Venusaur Best. Before you march as a titan, do not be ashamed of the fear inside you. Embrace it as you witness the Venusaur Best. Now, we are in our favorite sets uh, part. It's the Venusaur Best, and I have to say, I was excited for this section. Because my Venusaur Best, and I'm sorry, Basket, I'm jumping in the gun here and going first. But <laughs> I have to say, it's one of the most weirdest, craziest cards in the TCG. And that is the uh, famous Imukuni, Imakuni card. In the TCG. Now, in Japan, this card was available as an insert with the September 1997 issue of the Kodokoro comic, which we discussed later. They also were the ones that created the, the, the holy grail of all the TCG cards, the Pikachu Illustrator cards. So it was released in 1997. It was later reprinted and reclassified as a supporter card with updated artwork in the Japanese EX Battle Boost, later released in the world famous and notor- uh, infamous and infamous TCG cast uh, set the generations expansion which we all guys know how much we hate that set <laughs> originating from the Japanese brick starters pack these prints uh 
the original version, so there was two versions, right? The first version, which was the 90, 90, uh, 1997 version, had uh, it was a trainer card and it had HP. And I have to read you guys this card because it's incredibly <laughs> weird. It is the silliest looking card I have ever seen. <laughs> it had a picture of Imakuni. For those of you who don't know, Imakuni is a kind of like a franchise pet in Japan. He uh, does all the songs for the TCG commercials. He's a very weird, kind of like a children's TV show host type of uh, person. He's a, this is a real dude we're talking about, not just a fictional character. Uh, and he has always been very active in Japan. Now, here we in the United States, you might not know of him because absolutely nothing comes out other than his card that came out in Generations. Now, the cards, uh, the original card indicated, your active Pokemon is now confused. This card cannot be put down as a field as a Pokemon. Why does it have that description? Because the trainer card also had HP with a question mark on it. Now, the flavor of the card can definitely let you know. It says, dances and sings in the Pokemon card game TVCF song, Can You Name All the Pokemon? Which is a Japanese song. And if you see him in the streets, be sure to greet him with saying, Imakumi, hello. <laughs> now, the text, the Japanese text also mentioned him, how he wanted the flavor text, how he wanted to be played as a Pokemon, but he couldn't because he's not a Pokemon. Now, the reprinted version of this card is um, much more basic. The one that came out in the generations is now instead of just a regular trainer, it's a supporter card. And then just states your active Pokemon is now confused and that's it. And then there's no um, there's no flavor text, so you don't know anything else. It has just the instructions on how to play this supporter card, which is standard on all supporter cards. But you have no idea who is this guy. Even the card has a question mark on it. Well, the reason why this is Venusaur's uh, best is because despite it being a uh, weird Japanese-only, no-contest-added card, it was at the beginning... I remember being, I'm actually, this is an actual memory, I remember being in middle school and learning about this card's existence and thinking that this was has to be like incredibly, um, incredibly uh, rare. Um, not to mention that years follow when the internet finally came into its fruition and now, you know, things like eBay existed, people started buying these cards to 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 come directly to the United States because again it was a type of card that was just not available. The reason why it's in the Venusaur's best because if you go and now check the value of these cards, let me tell you that it's a whooping for the original sixty-seven cents <laughs> for this card and like nineteen cents for the Generations version. It really tried basket. It tried to be rare. It tried <laughs> to be expensive, but at the last, it just did its very uh, Venusaur best. <laughs> and it's funny because it's a pretty rare card people just don't care about it <laughs> no the guy right. is pretty creepy <laughs> <laughs> so my choice for the Venusaur best is the 1999 pre-release Raichu ah. so this may be the rarest Pokemon card ever made in fact it's so rare that it might not actually even exist <laughs> my belief is in an effort to stay relevant after Ash decided to never evolve as Pikachu some suspect a group of Raichu working at Wizards of the Coast mistakenly reprinted approximately 100 base set Raichus with the word pre-release stamped on the bottom right of the card artwork. Mm -hmm. If we believe these rumors to be true, the mistake was apparently caught by less disenfranchised Pokeworkers at Wizards of the Coast. 
reportedly destroying all but a fraction of the copies. Rumors are that it was leaving about less than 10 or fewer in the wild. Oh, wow. Or maybe they're all hiding under an ice cream truck out in the back. Could be. All right, guys. Thank you so much for spending this time with us and learning a little bit about collecting in the TCG. We don't do a lot of these collector episodes, but it's fun to just jump in and check out another side of the TCG that we don't explore that often. I hope you guys enjoyed this. And Jashiro, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. All right. And that'll be it. Take care, everyone. Bye. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.